0: And welcome to another edition of the In Context Podcast. Today, I have another friend of mine. It's Charles Patterson, all the way from California. How are you doing, Charles?
1: Hey, bro, we're doing good. It's good to see you again.
0: Yeah, good to see you. wish I was
1: there sharing a pint with you, but it's good to see you again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it would be good sharing a pint, brother. So, Charles, uh, the reason why I've invited you onto this podcast is I would like to discuss talking about church partnerships and how people can get involved in supporting Medhurst Ministries, uh, prayerfully uh, and financially, and also by coming along and uh, helping out with some of the uh, weekenders that we have and other kind of uh, activities that we hold. So, most people who think about helping out with Medhurst Ministries would live in the UK. <laughs> But you live in California. How did you first hear about our work?
1: Well, I first got to know you uh, through 20 schemes. And, you know, I was a part of the church's mission team. And we're just wondering why we were so kind of ineffective in reaching, uh, you know, our local lost. And as I watched more of the podcast and as I began to see, for instance, as you would do a weekender, I saw the quality of the teaching. And I said, wow, wow. the UK is is this lost and they've got this kind of teaching. So I started following and realizing, you know what, we're, we're doing it all wrong here. We're we're doing the commute thing with having people come in and, and we're not hitting our community. They are reaching their communities. They've got something here. So I began to just kind of really follow and learn and, and try and see what was going on. And that's how I kind of got introduced to 20 Schemes and then to you and then as Medhurst was formed and I began to see more of the situation with what was going on in the UK, uh, the dire situation, the lack of evangelical churches, it was like, you know what? Uh, I got help. I got to do something. All I have is today. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. And they're trying to reach communities that don't have one gospel
0: church. What can I do? And that's how it kind of got started. Awesome. So I'll be honest, Charles, when you first got in touch and you showed interest. It, it took me by surprise. Uh, I'd been used to a lot of promotional work within the UK, a lot of trying to raise funds and, and get people to be excited about the mission. So when I first engaged with you on Twitter, I thought you were a were a a troll or a bot that was trying to scam us or something like that. So, yeah, so I I was a little bit suspicious and I pound you off onto Nathan. And, uh, yeah, why do you think that's there's such a difference? I found it really strange that to start with, when I was trying to raise support in the UK, I had very little interest. Yet, here I had a man thousands of miles away, uh, not only across the Atlantic Ocean, but right across the other side of the USA who's keen. to to support our work prayerfully by encouraging us, by getting in touch and that. So what do you think is the difference culturally for somebody like yourself to be excited about the work in the UK?
1: Part of that answer is the backdrop of the fact that the Lord has placed in me a desire for missions and to see people reached, and then to recognize my own weakness in getting this done. And for years at church, was trying to drum up support and going, look, if you do any kind of study in missions, you begin to realize that, and I'll throw some numbers out, I I don't have the actual statistics, but let's just say that 90% of of the funds are going to 5% of the people. Mm -hmm. Well, who's going to reach the other 95%? The scriptures clearly teach all tribes, tongues, peoples, nations. And so it was already in me to kind of say, you know what, we need to be concentrating on when the gospel is not yet named, or at least being, um, is growing. You know, here, uh, I don't want to overstate the case, but it's it's probably not too far to say that there's a church almost on every corner, certainly multitudes in every community here. You don't have to go far to find a church. You might have to go far to find a Bible teaching church. Mm. One that's actually engaged in missions, in reaching their community, and in reaching the world. But there's a church everywhere. So when you find out, you know, when you listen to a podcast or you watch a weekender, and uh, you begin to realize that they're planning in communities, and maybe that community is three miles down the road, but these communities don't mix, per se. Okay, this is something that needs to be addressed. So my heart said, okay, you can't just hear this and be amazed by the knowledge You've got to do something. Well, the first thing to do was to get to know the situation and pray. Well, I have this kind of thought that where your heart is, your tre- or, sorry, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You pray for where you're investing. So I started to say, well, i got to start giving uh, in some fashion and began to teach my wife and, and children, hey, here's an opportunity that we can make a difference even right now, even right today. Okay, I can't hop on a plane necessarily today and go 3000 miles or I guess it's who you knows, 5000 miles. But we can make a difference. We can help them reach their communities. And I had learned in previous missions trips that the best thing to do is to help the indigenous in in their context, equip them, supply them, whatever it is that they need, pray for them that the Lord would move amongst them to reach their own people because they can do it faster, more efficient. Um I'm not going to be the savior coming over there in a smallest savior by saying, you know, here, I'm here now. Let me do all this. Let me just drop right in. Um, But I can immediately begin to say, Lord, you know, what's going on. You know, the heart, you know, the situation. And this situation can't wait. There's people who are going to possibly pass away this week today, even let's reach them. So that's how I kind of immediately jumped on board and began to tell others and, um, you know, to be, up front, I didn't know that much about the UK. I had learned a lot about Scotland initially, right? But as I began to listen and, and join prayer meetings, it was like, wow, there's there's a lot of need even in the northern part of the UK. And then the podcast here kind of grabbed me. You know, you had that episode, It's Grim Up North. And I'm like, well, if it's Grim Up North, let's get up there. Let's let's start doing something. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I found out it's not really that grim. You got beautiful bridges that are, you know, 90 you know meters tall or whatever that transporter thing is beautiful but we'll probably get to that but anyway that's how we got started
0: yeah awesome yeah so we we spent a bit of time engaging you you were uh, praying for us Uh, you were sending us uh, gifts and again i think i just want to encourage people and just hear a little bit about yourself about you you were supporting us not as a church but just individually and, and as a family and I think some people might think what's the point of supporting the church my prayers and and my giving won't make much of a difference if the need is that great what will just one person praying or one person giving do to help the work of God in in a certain area so what was it that encouraged you to to give not just financially but your time through prayer and and, and joining us on prayer meetings and 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 sending us letters uh, what what drove you to to give that individual giving to that uh knowledge of knowing that just one person one family across the globe could make a big difference in our gospel ministry i think it was the lord you
1: know through his word right if you got 99 sheep and one goes astray, you go after the one. One soul is important. Mm. You you can't play the numbers game. You're you're trying to save souls, and one soul is important. And the Lord also says, pray. You know, it's it's not dependent upon me. It's not how long I pray, what kind of words I come up with. It's just expressing the heart and saying, Lord, you can take this prayer and do multitude of things with it. Your word, your hand is not too short. Mm. So it's not like I have to wait till I get the whole church involved, until I get a group of 10 men to come in and join us for a prayer meeting. Right now, I can make a difference by simply saying, Lord, here's a need, and you've got people in this community, and I'm asking you to please save them. And show me how I can best use my time, my talents, my resources to help them reach people. And so I just started with that. And then the more you invest, the more you pray, it begins to just become part of you or became part of me to the point where i had to start telling other people I go look here's an opportunity we can make a difference today it doesn't matter how much right the widow put in two copper coins did the lord not commend that you bet she did or he did right so you don't focus on the amount you don't focus on the numbers you give as much as you can you give as somebody once said you give till it hurts and then maybe give a little bit more but that's because you realize look i've been quite blessed I've got the gospel. I've got a gospel preaching church. I'm in a community where I can hear the word on a daily basis. It bothers me that there's communities that don't have this Mm. and I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. So let's make a difference today.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And again, I think church planters and pastors like myself are guilty of having a similar thought thinking, well, let's put in grants Let's let's apply for large grants. Let's go and try and build partnerships with large, wealthy churches because we can often foolishly think that the best partnerships come from the wealthiest and biggest uh, people and churches and organisations. But what I found is by doing that is, A, <laughs> it, it takes a long time for these larger churches and organisations to pay any interest, if at all. But two... I think something's lost uh, going to a large organisation that we have between uh, New Life Church and Medhurst Ministries and a number of other churches within Medhurst Ministries who have actually built up a relationship with yourself, Charles. So explain a little bit about that two-way relationship that we now have, because it's far more than praying for one another and, and, and sending financial gifts. There's genuine friendship and kinship and desire to feel that we're on the same mission. So just share a little bit of uh, the blessings that you've known by partnering with Medhurst Ministries.
1: Well, the, the gosh, where do you start? I mean, I've received far more, I would say, and, and I mean this in all humility that I can drum up. I don't have much, but I'll try to drum up a little bit right now. I've received far more from learning about medhurst ministries and in in 20 schemes and in giving and in praying than i could ever give um i've been taught so much more about how to better reach my community about how to better you know evangelize about how to better to love the lost to focus uh the partnership i almost felt it was kind of almost one way at one point because i was constantly giving constantly writing it's like you know what For for your hearts to knit together, for it really to be a partnership, you've got to come and and visit. That's why I know that you have, and and I think 20 Schemes has this, right? Pray, give, come. Coming is just as important. Well, my heart was already knit because of the backdrop that I'd had. I'd been listening for four years. i have been learning. Every time that you were on there teaching, I would watch it and listen, and then the podcast, and I enjoyed the banter. But I needed to get my family involved in it, too. And then I need to get my church involved in it. But when it's just you stand up before your church and you pray, I, we're praying for Ian today, we're praying for Medhurst. It, well, that's a name. Maybe you show a picture up on the screen. Okay, now it's a picture. But when you go and you knit together and you see the actual need and the fact that in, in a lot of ways, we're as much the same as we are different,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Um, we're sinners we need the gospel, we need someone to come tell us, we need resources, and so the partnership really began to kind of grow me as I began to entertain the idea of, you know what, it's time for me to come. Um, Part of me said it would have been far easier just to send what I would have spent on, on traveling over there and just send it and say, here, use it however, reach, have outreaches, but the prayer goes two ways. You pray for me, and and Nathan prays for me and, and all the people there are new life and my family that we would continue to grow. And as we grow, guess what? We're growing in love, in love for our, our brethren there in the UK. So it, it's like a, um, I don't have a great diagram, but the more we pray for you and the more you pray for us, the more we pray for you. And then, the, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the partnership just grew. The more I began to realize, I love these people. These are these are brethren that are are not waiting for tomorrow. They're doing what they can today with what they've got. How can I do any less? And then as I gave, and the responses would come back because you always like feedback. You always like to hear back from people that you're praying for, and you know, and seeing pictures and whatnot. That get, gets me more excited. I incorporate that into my prayers, and it, the cycle just continues and, and grows
0: awesome so yeah that that relationship developed so much that uh, you decided that you would like to come and visit along with your uh, family so uh, just share a little bit about that experience for you because first of all you're from California uh, uh, the sunshine state is that right
1: well it was until this winter this winter we brought the Middlesbrough and uh, winter back with us so it's been kind of gray and rainy and far more green than, than it usually is so but normally it's they are the land of sunshine um yeah it, when when we found out about the uh the uh the not the vision trip i'm drawing a blank the family retreat yeah the family retreat i said you know this is a perfect opportunity for my wife to come over and meet some of the other wives mm-hmm. because she connects person to person uh, she doesn't connect as much watching over podcasts and things of that nature, although she does. But with her, meeting face-to-face and getting to know people is really where it it solidifies for her. And my children had heard me talk about it, and they'd seen pictures and whatnot. But it was kind of, I don't want to say abstract, but it was just still kind of out there. So I said, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for us to come. We can We can visit families there. There'll be a... Um, I'm only gonna have so much time. So when I looked at it and said, wow, I've got people coming from from Spen, from Oldham. Uh, and then I met other people from um something on the moor. I can't re- I'm drawing Peter a Noah. little Joe, yeah. right? Right. And then I met Robin, you know, who is just a short distance from you over there. It was like, and you've realized, man, I this I'm just eating this up. This is great to be amongst other people who are in the same boat, trying to reach souls. Except that I kind of looked up and said they're actually doing it. Mm. Um, it's a different kind of dynamic over here, but I figured that I could still learn and bring that back. So the trip was once we got there. It's a long plane ride, bro. <laughs> it's a long plane ride in a thin metal tube. But you know, once you get there and you land and you're like, wow, it's beautiful here. First of all, you know, um, and you you get on the train finally once you figure out how to navigate your way around um, and you know it, the the uh, culture change starts immediately because you land and you start you know we're walking through the airport and I'm like yeah I'll be honest first my thought was man the people are rude here they're just kind of all running into me and you know make you know and then my wife goes dear you're walking on the wrong side of the road <laughs> and I went oh so then we moved over to the other side of the road and everything worked better after that. <laughs> you know, So right away, it was kind of like, okay, we're in a different world here. Again, as much the same as we are different and different as we are the same. So once we finally got up to Middlesbrough, it was like, we're here. We're finally here. And you know, yeah, your exhaust would be collapsed. But the next day we went to the church service and it was wonderful. And, and Nathan expounded on, on Leviticus. Uh, I thought he did a wonderful job. You know, and you just realize, okay, I'm learning already about what it's like, going to be like in heaven. Different peoples, uh, you know, different cultures, and um, the only difference right now is I don't need interpretation, or well, mostly didn't need interpretation. Um, You know, and then you start you. We met afterwards, and the banter there when we were at Nathan's place and it was just amusing that everybody was going you have a funny accent and I'm like I don't have the accent you have the accent no you have. so you went we went back and forth and just as the days passed it was like I can't believe we only booked 8 days here we could have stayed a month yeah you know and when my daughter says I could live here I'm like well yeah we could actually um we'd have a few things to get used to um Uh, You know, we'd obviously have to learn to drive, and uh, I I think I told you the story about trying to, to, we were at Teesside Park and trying to cross over just to get from McDonald's to Tim Hortons, and, you know, which way do you look? Well, you look both ways four times and hope that nobody's coming. I mean, it was was kind of amusing, but my heart was just so much enjoying what I was doing there and the people, and I had come to see the people, uh, you know, my brethren my brothers and sisters, I I had a lot of folks here back ask me, well, did you go see the, you know, Big Ben, or did you go see this? And I go, no, I I came to Middlesbrough. I I came to meet my brother. And my wife got to know your wife right away, and the kids were fun. We met Jude and and her family, and it was like, oh, man, I just wish we could stay another month and, and, you know, whatever, help sweep the church or mow the church you know, lawn or do whatever we could do to free up the folks there. So it was a great trip coming over there, and just right away it was like, yeah, you know what, this is a mystery. We need to be involved in it at an even bigger level. So uh, we're glad that we did it. We're sorry that we had to leave. Uh, I was kind of disappointed in you that you let us leave, but I guess you had things to do. So
0: yeah, great. And and your wife and and your children they were, who who are adults now. They're not not young children. Yeah. They're adults. Yeah. they 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 enjoyed it as well and and engaged with our people and and again i think that's the beauty of this type of partnership church partnership which is different to partnering with another church or an organization when you've got an individual partner it is more relational you can um, spend more time together doing things like this but again just share a little bit about because you are engaged not just with with me, but with a number of the other churches so how how did you find that not just on the family retreat, but then you went up to twenty schemes uh, what What was that like as you traveled from England to Scotland? Did you notice any differences, or was that similar?
1: I, I would say it was more similar than than different. Um, we didn't really give ourselves enough time to get very deep in the cultural differences um I don't remember it raining on us when we were in broke, but as soon as we got up to Glasgow it, you know it was raining everywhere but the relationship aspect was the same because I had already talked with um, Tommy and Lauren a number of times up there in, in Mary Hill slash lambhill and and uh, we went over to to Bingham and then Nidri and, and visited you know our brethren there um, but it was amazing that how there wasn't any moment in this whole trip where my my kids were like, okay, I'm ready to go home. You know every turn was something new. Elijah uh, or Eli just really enjoyed uh, you know everybody that he met, uh, every aspect of the trip. I almost was worried that he would just apply for an internship and not come home with us at one point, which you know would have been fine. So uh, every place we went, um, it, it was it was just a joy. It was just a joy to be there and a sadness that we couldn't stay longer so uh up there in scotland again it was very beautiful very green um where i'm at on the coast we've got some foothills and but it it, you don't really see the rolling lands like you see up there in the northern half so once we got kind of up towards scotland and and the topography began to kind of do this and and it was just wow it's just beautiful up here and then we were along the coast for a while coming up on the train Uh, We flew back from Edinburgh to to London, but on the way up, we wanted to take the train and kind of see the countryside and just kind of get a moment to um, relax uh, and enjoy that. And it was, it was quite, it was a lot of fun. I mean, again, I could have stayed for a lot longer if, if we could have financially. And then I was still working at that point. So I had to kind of get back, but uh, all the way around, and it was just a wonderful time and Again, even in Scotland, they taught us so much about loving the Lord by loving the lost, by just getting the word out there uh, and doing your best, trusting him to bear the fruit and uh, and just praying for salvation. So, uh, yeah, it, I love it. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll trade you if you want to come live in California. I'll come live in Middlesbrough for a while. <laughs>
0: yeah. Once once, once to build a tunnel, like they've gone across the English channel, I'll consider it. <laughs> but once uh, I was looking at social media a few days ago, and I noticed there was a, a trip from a ministry within the US planning to visit the UK. And they were like, come to Edinburgh, be picked up, travel first class, be picked up by a chauffeur-driven car, visit this cathedral then, uh, get first class down to Cambridge, London, uh, Oxford, and visit X, Y, and Z. And I just think the difference between you travelling standard, keeping in a log cabin, uh, <laughs> having me drive you around, and uh, eating parmos, and everybody you met lived on a council estate. So I just think the the difference between them touring the places of first class and grandeur, and you just went. And spent your full trip in the UK, meeting with people on a council estate. I think that's uh, amazing and quite humbling. So if you came back again, is there anything you'd do different? And if somebody was thinking about coming along to one of our vision trips, we have one uh, in June and and the beginning of July. And if anybody was considering coming along to a, a vision trip, what would you recommend for them to do? And uh, would you recommend them come?
1: The first thing I would recommend to folks is listen to some of the podcasts, watch them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just get to know the need, get to know the people and realize that there'll be plenty of time later to travel and see the sites. Um, Realize the importance of the vision trip that all we have is right now. And it's important to really if you're going to come seven days goes by quick three weeks went by too fast you've got to maximize the time and so my recommendation to people would be start right now learn about the need learn about why we're trying to do this why we're trying to plant in communities and maybe that community is only five kilometers away why is that important in my particular context when I first realized that um for instance, Nidri and Bingham were, I'm just gonna say two kilometers apart. And you're like, why are you planting a church two kilometers away? Just get in the car and go. And then you begin to realize, oh, I've got a lot to learn. You know, there's a lot of difference here. And you it just helps you take more in if you get some of that legwork out of the way. If you just if I was to come over, have come over, I don't want to say blindly, but if I had just said, oh, this sounds like an interesting ministry, and I'm gonna go meet them. I would have lost out on so much of the relational aspect that just enables me to naturally, as I'm going through my day, remember to pray for you or Nathan. I, so my recommendation to people would be get to know the ministry right now. Get to know what the goals are. Get to know the situation so that when you get over there, you spend the time listening and learning about what your plans are. How do you best see reaching uh, the towns of, of Northern England, um, the estates, right? Do I plan to come back, by the way? Oh, yes. It, it's on my prayer list daily. Um, I hope to be back for the uh, the weekender, and I would love to bring... I'm trying to bring somebody from the, our church right now, because, again, I think once they come over and they meet face-to-face and you share a laugh, you share a meal, you go for a walk... Um, one thing, I, I don't know if you realize this, Nathan and I one time walked from his place to uh, some sort of a store, I think, to go get a stamp or something like that. I forget what we were going to do or, or we we're going to do a money exchange because I still had U.S. dollars and needed to get some, some pounds. And so we walked through the community and it just that little simple act of just walking through community meant so much to realize we walk past people and you're thinking, I wonder if they know the gospel, you know, the kids on their bikes. Um, I
0: still had to kind of laugh at myself. Not not necessarily their bikes. There could be somebody else's. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, just on bicycles, kids on bicycles, <laughs> yeah. kids on cars. You know, sitting on the track. so. Um, yeah, that my recommendation for be is don't wait. Yeah. You know, commit now. Learn about the need, and then when you get there, realize that you're just. You're there to learn and listen and hear the vision so that you can bring it back and teach others about the need, so they can tell others. I mean, let's kind of in a general way do the, the Second Timothy 2 principle, right? Let's tell others to, who will tell others who will tell others that will help this thing grow so long after we're gone, we have a sustainable prayer movement that the Lord has enabled to reach.
0: Mm-hmm. Because we
1: want people, the Lord has people in every, every community, right? Every council estate, I'm sure there's somebody there. That he wants in his kingdom that he wants to be shared with the gospel but who's going to go if nobody's sent and how are they going to be sent if nobody's aware of the need so yeah come come learn laugh i mean the laughter was priceless you know <laughs> I, I don't think i won a banter session with you i gave it my best shot but but it was still beautiful right
0: <laughs> yeah and that uh, what, well, what was the most fearful part of your trip? What frightened you the most? You' trying to cross the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say my wife then, but she only told no,
1: you no, no, that was not the most fearful. That was probably the most um when when Rachel said calls out your name and you turn around and everybody else in the room is silent and she says, "Sit down." <laughs> and you realize you've been talking for 30 seconds past when the session was supposed to start (laughs) oh sorry uh then you just kind of want to you know slink to the back and you know i mean it was all in in good fun but it was kind of like i learned right away that when rachel says something you just do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: but unless you're one of the children and then that, that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> well, Even, even Esther was a joy to talk to. She's, you know, her and her and Jude's, you know, kids were kind of like, Oh, they were, they were fun to banter with and you know, all this back and forth about an accent and Californians, you know, and, and that was one thing you talk about the, the hard aspect. They were asking me about California and going, Ooh, and on, ah, and I'm sitting there thinking, no it's actually kind of boring the U and ah is right here and they're going no actually this is quite boring the U and ah is over there and you're like okay I get it now you know um the grass is always greener and the weather's always wetter on the other side or whatever but um uh, no no the most fearful thing was just going for a walk and trying to cross the road and looking looking in the wrong direction um and then realizing I got to look this way and and uh I mean, it
0: was kind of a funny fearful, mind you, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> and again, we, we've we spoken a little bit about uh, what you've learned and what do you think is a good thing for churches like us to learn about building successful partners and partnerships? What is it that somebody like you uh what is it that we can do to encourage somebody like you to stay partners, partnering with us? Because you've mentioned a couple of times that it's, it should be two-way, which we agree with. Uh, it, it should be reciprocal both ways. We're both praying for each other and looking after each other. But what do you think are some of the mistakes that churches who rely on support can make which might put people off from partnering with them? Well, in the past, one of the
1: mistakes we made was just, following the lineup. Well, we've given, we've done missions. Hmm. Whatever the dollar amount. Okay, we gave. Okay, we're involved in missions. Um, We're involved in evangelizing the lost. And you're really not if you're not praying specifically. So perhaps one of the mistakes is is not really learning the, I don't want to say the intricacies, but there's, you just need to get to know the people and the situation really deep. You need some of us are statistically type driven. Others are, are you know, relational type driven. Combine the two, um, so that somebody like myself, who you could throw statistics out, you know, ninety five percent of the world's finances go to five percent of the world's people, and you mix that with, man, Ian and Nathan, they're they're fun people, but they're also laboring. There, there's times where they're just burdened about how do they reach uh, Middlesbrough?
0: Yeah. how do
1: they how do they get the gospel to people. And then in the midst of that, you know, you Ian says, hey, can you take this parmo up to this guy, right? And the guy says, hey, I didn't know you knew Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bother to shave, so my beard was all, you know, my mustache was all white and whatnot. And it's like, at least, you know, again, you mix in the laughter and, and the statistic, you mix in, in the emotional. So if you go too much one side or the other, if you're all statistics or you're just all people, sometimes the need is not conveyed because you just don't know how the people you're listening to are driven. So I'm trying to, for instance, in talking to my church and in others saying, combining, learning how to combine the two so that they get a bigger, bigger picture of why this is important. Because a lot of churches here that I've talked to and I talked to when we were going around and and visiting, I would talk to them and they would go, okay, well, we've, we've got, too many people in Los Angeles. We've got to reach so. And you. So then, if you know, okay, well, Los Angeles probably has, you know, five thousand churches, <laughs> just in the city proper. Um. There's whole towns in in estates in, in Northern England that have zero, which is a greater need. Where do you think people are laboring more? Where can you make a bigger impact today, which is all you have? Where can you make a bigger impact today? And ask the Lord to move mightily in ways that you can't even foresee. On, on your end, I'm not really sure what the mistakes would be, except maybe the one that you mentioned earlier about thinking, well, we got to go after the big donors. I, I think it's both. I think one of the ways the big donors will come along, as in when individual and, and smaller donors just get excited and make repeated trips and put the word out there and do things like this, uh, do a podcast to say, hey, folks, g- get on board with this. This is this is a wonderful opportunity to just increase your joy in the lord realize that everything that we do and that the lord wants us to do is to increase our joy in him and if he wants to move in communities let's go with them so one of the mistakes is just going either too much statistics or just too much you know on the relational site mix the two the podcasts are a great opportunity to do this right i i've Seen some of the banter between you and, and the other folks. And, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, I, I really love these brethren, these brothers, these sisters. Uh, you did some that touched our heart. You did the ones on homeschooling. And so right away we were like, okay, we know that, um, you know, we learned something about the single parents. And I think you interviewed your mom one time and it was like, well, we've never gone through that. Neither my wife nor I, but we learned about the struggles and what makes you, you, and what makes this ministry to council estate so important. Uh, you had one on the father to the fatherless. Well, when you don't come from that kind of background, it's something you need to learn. And when you realize, okay, there's whole communities, whole generations, multiple generations that haven't been reached with the gospel. Okay, we got to just, how can we make a difference right now? And so I would mix the two, Ian, really. that's, And I think you're doing a, a good job of that.
0: Yeah, so finally, just before we go, brother, uh, we have a couple of ambassadors for, for, I was going to say for Manchester United then, a Freudian slip for Medhurst Ministries. Uh, We have Phil and Anita in Banstead in southern England who travel around promoting our work. And we also have you and Donna uh, as ambassadors for Medhurst in the US. Uh, Just share a little bit about what you're doing to promote the work amongst, churches and christians where you're living and is it something simple that anybody in the uk could copy and uh help support our ministry by promoting our work what does it involve and uh, how have you found it so far
1: well what i do is
0: i just share with people
1: because i realized it was almost kind of embarrassing to be kind of a lay missiologist and then not realize the depth of the need in the UK. And if I, who was on the missions team for years, you know, and didn't realize just how desperate the situation was in one sense, how dire it was, how much more people who aren't on the missions team who maybe just attend. So I try to make people aware of the fact that here's an opportunity that today there's a need that we can make a difference in. And it's, I just share from the joy and from the relationship aspect that I built over the last couple of years with you and with with the team there, and then I just encourage them. In the past, with uh, with twenty schemes, as we were building that uh, relationship in our church, I would share a few videos. When the leadership team met, um, I might play one of their songs to show the you know the quality of of the uh, teaching, even in the music. Um, I might share a few clips so they would get to know the people, um, introduce them to the podcast uh, that they were doing. Same thing here. Uh, when I go to church, when I meet with the pastor or the leadership team, uh, I try to share. I, I bring a printout that I made of the of the vision trip and say, this is coming up. Let's Let's think about this now. Is there somebody who can take a week off and come with me and learn about the ministry so that we can be more involved? Um, let's not focus on the numbers. We'll give what we can, but right now let's focus on the people that we're trying to reach and build that relationship aspect to make it more real, make it more tangible. Um, it will solidify when they come and they're immersed in the situation and they're realizing and they hear from you. This town's got one, well, I keep saying town, but council state. This council state's got one evangelical church, and there's how many people? You're trying to reach 10,000 people with one church, and they realize, okay, I could just walk out the door, and there's three down the road here, and there's two down the road here. This is a need, so it's just a matter of sharing with folks through through video um, and, and things of that nature on a regular basis, and just kind of letting it come out. Um, you know, I, 20 schemes. I got. I bought a shirt from the office here in Kentucky, and so I would wear it. Uh, and i would just happen to wear it on on weekends where we were meeting on a sunday and they would ask me to come up and read and i just happened to be wearing it and so you're just putting the word out there that uh that there's a, a need here that we can be a part of it's a, it's a wonderful thing that god is doing and yeah anybody can can do that you will do it better as you get to know the people and you begin to realize we're all the same we're sinners we need the gospel our communities need the gospel. Let's learn from one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's if we can't give to one another in whatever fashion that happens to be. So that's that's what I'm doing. And um, you know, would like to travel, you know, to conferences. I guess T for G is not meeting anymore, but um, you know, if Medhurst does any kind of, of work out here where they're going to our version of Keswick or our version of of or, I should say, your version of uh, whatever of it is, and just speak to people. But have some resources available, have some pictures available, have some stories available, make it real, make a relationship, and then weave in those statistics. You know, like I just mentioned before, that's what I'm doing. Awesome.
0: You're an absolute joy to have part of the team. And uh, yeah, definitely hoping that you can make it over in. uh, June, when we have the vision trip. Uh, But no doubt we will speak before then. Nice one. Thanks for joining me on the In Context podcast, brother. God bless. God bless.